another episode of Sounds from the 70s with Gary and Rob, sometimes known as Shuggy Two Shits. Shuggy. And we are coming to you from an undisclosed location far from the downtown metropolis area. Now, today's show, Robert, or Rob, Rob Shuggy. Shuggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shuggy yeah, doesn't work. Is, People should know. Uh, first of all, I can't read this next part because it was written three weeks ago. And uh, the problem was that we've had... Uh, it's not irrelevant. It's irrelevant because first we had a heat wave. Yeah. We couldn't do the show because it was a thousand degrees outside. Like it has been for all, everybody in the world. It's killed all the plants. But then that passed. And then the week after we were going to tape and I was very sick. I had the flu. And I had enough energy to barely go to the washroom. So <laughs> I would have, I would have done the show. Come uh, I would have done the show. I would have thought maybe uh, living would be a better thing. Yeah. And um, so we've we've had a lot of things. I know that this week uh, I went to the doctor, and he uh, said we have to get rid of the, the little skin tag we have on your uh, face. Oh. And all, of, and then and now I uh, I have for another next three or four days a nice little look. Looks like somebody just put a cigar <laughs> out cigarette face. out on your face. <laughs> so I respect. I have to <laughs> deal with that for the next four or five days. And uh, what anything happened to you while we've had this extended weird break? And we're still we're doing the show today, by the way, when it's still a thousand yeah. degrees outside. But it's better, It's at a thousand degrees, it's better than it was on the show we canceled. Because it was so hot that you couldn't even step on the sidewalk, it was so hot. Yeah, I remember uh, sitting in the basement uh, eating dinner and sweating. Ooh, that's fine. Uh, normally, I don't start sweating until after I eat. But this time it was happening during the meal. It was horrifying. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> so have you been doing like canoeing and uh, crap like that? little bit here and there. I'd be doing a whole lot of uh, home repair and uh, home damage and repairing the damage to the home that I'm doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're getting help, which is good, right? You're not doing this alone? Yep. Yeah, I'm getting help that I don't want and never asked for. Because you, like uh, you don't want... You're a loner. You like to do things on your own. You like to... Uh, to like fix things around yeah, the house I by like yourself. Yeah, I like done the way I want them done so that they uh, work properly and they're done to my satisfaction, which is a redundant way of saying the same thing. And uh, other people, they just, oh, I'm going to go through the motions of doing this thing and then say that I did it even though I didn't do it that well. And you just, you just want to kick them. Yeah, that's interesting in the most uninteresting sort of way. Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah. Not just here, everywhere. I think we'd all be really happy if we moved on. Um, we would. If we had something else to talk about, something show-related. We do, because, you know, on the episode today, we are starting a new theme, Rob, which is ragai music. Oh, sorry, Regata. reggae music, sorry. In the 1970s. It's pronounced Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> now, both of us are not amazingly knowledgeable, or I would say big fans of reggae music. It's one of the few few forms of music that we are kind of no. we know we know enough to do the show on, but we're not we're not aficionados of what, what 
of the reggae music. No, sometimes uh, in Grand Theft Auto when I'm uh, doing the Jamaican missions, I'll listen to the Jamaican uh, reggae radio station. But that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, that's a sad thing to say. That's terrible. Anytime you play those games, it just makes me sad. Anyways, <laughs> it's, a we're gonna, <laughs> it's a waste of time. It is a waste of time. But we will... I remember, I played... A, I'm going to just divert from what I was going to say just for a second and just say I did spend one afternoon playing and this is many years ago probably 15 years ago at least playing one of Rob's games and I thought that I was there for like half an hour and I was there for like three hours yeah. and I said never again Time just I got things by. to do I got it songs is, to write it is worse than a drug it is yeah anyways uh we don't know we we know we're gonna get through these episodes on our professionalism and uh, we're gonna say what we say anyways. We're gonna soldier on despite the conditions. And uh, it's hard it's hard to convey that we know about a lot about reggae, but we don't. You know, we're not like I don't know how to say it. We're just it's just not our favorite music, but we do like it. All right, it's just we're not unlike almost any other type of music we're playing on this show. In yeah. The 70s. This is the one that we're kind of mystified by. <laughs> generally, generally, if we don't uh, don't listen to it, we don't like it. But that's not the case with reggae. No, uh, <laughs> I'm going to bring that up in a second because it's interesting what I'm going to what I'm going to say just about what you said about listening to reggae music compared to listening yes. to reggae. If yeah. you know what I mean. Now, any talk of reggae music <laughs> begins and ends with the legendary Bob Marley. And we will be reviewing his 1977 album, Exodus, along with his band, The Wailers, of course, who were on... Yeah, that's a long story in itself. But The Wailers started as Bob Marley and The Wailers, but it was uh, Bunny Wailer and Peter Tosh, and they were kind of equals. And then they left after like the third album, and then it became Bob Marley and pretty much The Wailers as a backing band with the I-3s and blah, blah, blah. The horn section there. Yeah. yeah. So this is the Whalers as a backing band, and uh, we're going to review uh, Exodus. Uh, oh, I already asked that question. You see, uh, this this script is old, so uh, <laughs> we've already jumped you, in the album. Six I, minutes into the show, yeah, we're reviewing the album. It's going to be a quick one. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you how your uh, weeks off were, but I already did. Yeah, you did. So it's time for no, odds and ends. But born no fruit. Lost time is not found again. The popular segment where we talk about mistakes or updates that happened on previous shows, along with tidbits that we feel doesn't belong in a full segment. That's what odds and ends are. Things that don't fit properly. Yeah, I did that long discussion of what odds and ends are because we got nothing. We got yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the middle of summer. It's a heat wave. Got nothing this week. Just nothing. Uh, nothing to talk about from previous episodes. Nothing um, happened to anyone. Uh, nothing happened except Rob was building some stuff uh, in his backyard, and uh, it was exciting. Oh, and I went to the doctor and had uh, skin tag removed, which is only a little thing, but yeah. it turns into a cigar type thing when he actually does it. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's odds and ends this week. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. We did. It was it was masterful. Oh. I'm glad uh, we did it. Not every odds and ends can be killer. Okay. No. So sometimes you know the, the ones I prefer more are the ones that we talk about stuff. Oh, we actually good. talk about things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love those ones. <laughs> this one, I loved it, but less. <laughs> I, I hate the odds and ends where we just talk about 
what odds and ends are. <laughs> it just doesn't seem right. I, I thought it was a nice <laughs> contrast, but you can't beat it to death. <laughs> so it is time for another selection from my 30 greatest songs of all time. These are songs that are masterful, amazing, timeless, and can be played over and over again, at least to me. And they never get boring. And today's song ties in with our theme and artist today, as it is Bob Marley and Redemption Song, one of the last songs he wrote before his oh, death yeah. in 1981. Now, Rob, I know you are quite familiar with uh, this tune. What, what was your feelings when you first heard this song? No, I'm not. I've always wanted to hear that album. That was the, uh, the one he did in uh, 1980 there, the last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did that on purpose because I don't think he's heard this song. I haven't. I've heard all of Survival, 78 album, the one before that. <laughs> Love that album. But uh, the, the final album he did in 1980. <laughs> Uprising, yeah. Uprising, I've not heard yet. I got him. You know what's <clears throat> funny? We say, or funny for me anyways, because we say that at the beginning. <laughs> well, that's all it counts. Uh, well, but no, because it has to do with my picks. Oh, and that's yeah. why I say for me, is that I, I state that, you know, reggae is not really our type of music and it's it's kind of background for us and we don't, you know, we've been around it, but it's not really our cup of tea. And yet one song is on my top 30 of all time. <laughs> and another song, No Woman, No Cry, almost made my top. So it's kind of funny how we were saying, oh, or I'm saying, I'm not really a big fan of, of reggae music, but uh, I got two songs almost. Like, yeah, but I think uh -huh. I, I do. For me, I mean, I heard of reggae uh, first from uh, being covered by other artists. like uh, Yeah, Platinum. so did I. I think most people growing up when we when we did heard it i know the first reggae song i heard was i shot the sheriff yeah by eric clapton and i what loved it doing? i loved it i love don't love it now because i've heard it a hundred million times a zillion times but yes. when i heard it originally i had no idea what that was i had no idea and it had different it had that which you never heard it had the timing yeah it was just not the timing but you know the drum timing which is the offbeat and i yep. just i just thought wow this is amazing um but that was that was almost I'm 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 sorry I'm diverting from the redemption song for a second but I think this <laughs> is important in that white man kind of reggae is different cuz it still has that backbeat or it still it tries to have a backbeat it tries to to not be real hardcore reggae as you would hear from Jamaica and that's why it's appealing to white people like myself it's got that fusion it's got that fusion it makes two great tastes it's not a hard dose and i know a lot of people a lot of my almost all my friends i went to high school with who loved bob marley and the limited amount of reggae music that we were you know could listen to because it wasn't a lot you know jimmy cliff and blah 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 peter tosh peter and they tosh, loved um, it yeah. and i just never caught on i just i just it was just hard hardcore it also had to do with, um, I'm going to get to that in a bit. Okay, I'm going to get to that in a bit. But I'm just going to say that it's just funny that I picked this song, but this song is so powerful. <laughs> this is the final track on, on Bob Marley's last album, Uprising. It's really the final song uh, in his lifetime. Uh, the song uh, is, is derived from a speech given by... Uh, 
orator uh, Marcus Garvey entitled The Work That Has Been Done. Now, at the time that this song was written in 1970, Bob Marley had already been diagnosed with the cancer in his toe that would eventually uh, take his life, spread and take his life. And he was already in a lot of pain and was already dealing with his own mortality, even at that stage when he was writing the song. Uh, it is quite apparent in both the album Uprising and in this song. Um, and unlike, I don't know any, see, I'm not knowledgeable on every single Bob Marley album, but I think this is the only one that is all acoustic, extremely all acoustic, just him and his guitar. Um, but it's extremely powerful. And the words are just, um, they're, they're both life-affirming, uh, but they're also like uh, protesty. You know what I mean? Like, hey, things aren't right, but also um, we can make them better. Bob Marley's words were very much like that. Bob Marley's words were always, you know, Dembele full, you know, there was a lot of we're pissed off, but you know what? We can make it better. It was not, his music was almost always not just, ah, oh, we're pissed off. Yeah, things are bad. Yeah, things are bad. And boy, we're mad and we're going to destroy things. No, you Bob Marley was a man of peace. a solution or at least, at least have some damned hope there. He had always <laughs> had hope and he always had that there would be peace among men. And that's why Bob Marley is the legend that he is now. People, uh, don't, people don't remember that before he died, he was not the legendary kind of musician no. that he is now. That has been built up year after year since his death especially with the release of his He's like greatest hits album Jim legend Jim which, Morrison status uh, yes exactly <laughs> it really is the Jim Morrison John Lennon thing where year after year uh they just get bigger and more mythic more saintly even like yeah. in the in the context of John Lennon and Bob Marley more saintly and I remember when Bob Marley died it was very it was um more almost underground it, it was, was almost it didn't it was very low exactly i remember it I heard wasn't it on the a radio, big press but that anyway. was it i heard it on the radio and they said bob Marley died from cancer and it's like you know and everybody i know being i was a bob Marley fan when i say i'm not a fan of reggae i just mean like you know it's just not my i just don't know exactly how it works that makes it popular but i loved bob marley he was such a great person he when people can communicate about love and peacefulness, then you you got me right there, and do it on, do it in a way that can actually sell records. But his songs weren't all that played on the radio when he, in his lifetime. It's only when the album Legend was released in 1983. I think it was 1983. I can't remember the actual year. Uh, that album is one of the greatest selling albums of all time. Is one of the greatest. It is the greatest selling reggae album of all time. And then all of a sudden, all these songs, which were amazing. And I remember I heard Legend. It was one of the, the CDs that I borrowed from a friend of mine. And I was very just like in the middle about Bob Marley. Oh, I like him, but I don't really like to play his records all that much. That kind of thing. Then I heard Legend and I heard all his greatest hits one after another. And I just went, holy shit. This guy's good. <laughs> this guy is unbelievable. 
and and everybody else who listened to that record felt the same thing and this thing about Bob Marley all this stuff about one love which was not a big song when it was released as far as a single became no. huge all these other songs you I know? gotta point out the, 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 the one thing I was looking at the album this week that we were doing and the song three little birds I never seen this before uh, half a billion Spotify listens. I know that's amazing. Oh, I haven't seen anything approach that that we've done. No, it's <laughs> his his uh, following is universal. I bet you he's one of the most at this yeah. time. He's one of the most well known musicians he's an in all the world. The globe uh... in the world, and yet at the time, uh, Rolling Stone didn't even have his picture on the cover when he died, which they do for almost all big stars. They just had a little thing at the top saying Bob Marley, blah blah, nineteen eighty one. And it didn't seem all that strange. It was like, oh, okay, Bob Marley died. Uh, I mean, to have it him was... just at the top of the of the headline instead of having his picture on the cover yeah. was not. I remember it, people. I was there. I remember it saying, oh yeah, like that's that's the way. You know, it's too bad he didn't get the cover, but uh, he's just not a big enough star. And now people are just like, oh, like he was a big star, but he wasn't the saintly figure, all encompassing. Uh, legend that he is now. He's a grown after his uh, his passing. Huge, <laughs> hugely to the point where you mention, like we said before, you mentioned the Beatles, the Stones, uh, Jim Morrison, uh, Bob Marley, all in the same breath, almost like just like that. And trust me, it wasn't like that. He was almost a big cult artist. No, I did. He's one of the only artists that I never actually heard on the radio until years after his death. They started yes. to play his song sometimes late at night. Uh, yes. I remember when we got our first, this is a true story. We got our first FM station. Very first song I ever heard when I put on the FM station. Uh, and I was really young. 14, 15. It was... Uh, he hadn't died yet. Anyways, he hadn't died. No, probably that 1979, was 1979. Yeah. First song I ever heard played on that station was Rastaman Vibration. And I never heard another Bob <laughs> song again on that station after. Because it was very free form. It was very WKRP. And they played what they want. But it just seemed like Bob Marley just wasn't, didn't just catch on the way. They catched on on the college radio crowd, but it wasn't like huge on the big FM. No. Unless it was really late didn't at night. Didn't hear it yeah. at all. Uh, and people have a hard time, time comprehending that. People think, oh my God, like yeah. the youngsters who came afterwards think that he must have been huge in his lifetime. He was not. He, he was got big. me wondering, you know, when I heard uh, Eric Clapton cover um, uh, I Shot the Sheriff, I was like, how did Eric Clapton hear that? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in fact, uh, a lot of people... Well, that song actually made reggae music. I'm really getting away from talking about the Redemption <laughs> song, but it, I shot the sheriff. Really made reggae music. I don't even. Th I don't even know. I remember reading that. I don't even know Bob Marley even liked Eric's song, but it it was really to me the first reggae song. People who had been listening to reggae who were in the know. I know the Stones experimented with reggae, but when I shot the sheriff, that was the real. Oh. uh... The guy, who's the guy just died? Johnny Nash was big with, in fact, he had a hit with a Bob Marley song. Um, not I Can See, oh, Stir It Up. Stir It, Stir up. it up. Yeah. 
But uh, still, people thought of it more as a pop song than a reggae song, those kind of songs. But anyways, well, um, Redemption song, I don't know, it's, 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 it's almost a prayer. It's almost uh, a life's benediction to people saying, you know, I'm almost done. This song represents everything that I've stood for. And it almost has to be done with just Bob Marley and the guitar, just the acoustic guitar. It just, and I remember hearing it for the first time and I remember it was so strange hearing just Bob, because everything by Bob Marley is always full on I3 singing in the background and, you know, eight musicians. And so seeing, so hearing him in that, in that regards was very strange, but it was very intimate and, uh, you know, reggae artists don't usually do that kind of stuff it usually works on the grooves just like the grateful dead grateful dead works on the groove rather than the single you know acoustic guitar or something like that so very i don't know it's it's a hard song to talk about because it is so almost religious and and mythic i'll just say it's it's uh it's a song everybody should listen to because i think the message is um about freedom, about, you know, living in peace, living in harmony and fighting the demons that, fighting the people that do evil in the world is, uh, it's a great mess. It's a message that is timeless. It's a message that we've been hearing for 6,000 years. And um, he, to encapsulate that so brilliantly in three minutes is... Uh, makes the tops and should be in almost anybody's list. By the way, it is rated number 66 greatest song of all time in Rolling Stone. And I think it should be higher. But to be 66 amongst all the greatest songs ever written is pretty good too. So this is a really, um, this is a really Bob Marley show today because <laughs> it did work out that way because it's just like, well, you know, I was going to pick a song and it was like, well, why not pick, why not put Redemption Song on here? We are doing Bob Marley, so okay, it is one of my favorite songs of all time. And it gives a chance to go off topic or what? I know, you that's know. I love that. <laughs> I love when we go off topic. I hope the people like it. I hope that doesn't piss them off. Um, we're going to talk now about Rob and what he did in his two weeks off. No, uh, <laughs> just give me a second. Uh, what did you do in your two weeks off, Rob? I had an operation involving having my head swapped with that of a giraffe. <laughs> We're going to scrap. I had a, I had a little thing that I had three weeks ago, but things change so much in a week when I get a, a script together, let alone if you give me three weeks to, yeah, never. to sit on a script. Never do the script. So ever. we're going to do the thing hopefully next week that mm -hmm. I had planned. Um, I really wanted to describe reggae music. I told you it was going to be pretty much a 60-minute reggae show today. And reggae music is, most North Americans don't know a lot about how it started, what it came from, why it was such a new music coming from the early 70s to, uh, I think, first Britain, basically, and then North America. Uh, what uh, basically Jamaican music is, Jamaican music is basically Caribbean music uh, originally. Originally Caribbean music with a sort of jazz and rhythm and blues brought into it. So you get Caribbean music, jazz and rhythm and blues, 
uh, traditional Caribbean music. And that evolved into a genre which we which started off in I think the late fifties, early sixties called ska. ska. Now that's where Bob Marley started his very first record playing ska music, not reggae music. Now ska, ska music I really also like. in England ska and skiffle. Yeah, skiffle ska music. became popular mm-hmm. in the late seventies and early eighties in the new wave section with with bands like the Specials and a Madness with. Not with their song "Our House," but Bunch <laughs> other, of other songs stuff. that they did, and bands like the Selectors. They did, they did ska music, which was da 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 da, and it was much faster. It was a lot like rock and roll in a way that it was like a da 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 da. A little more energy, a little more jump to it. It had a lot more jump to it. It had a lot of a of an R and B type, and it was like if that makes sense. That was ska. And then ska kind of evolved in the mid '60s to rock steady. Now I don't know too much about rock steady. I don't think that that really lasted too long as a form of music, um, because it soon had rock steady, and then ska and rock steady kind of combined with, of course, the jazz and R&B influences from uh, North America which became reggae music. Now, reggae music has a lot to do with, I hope the show isn't boring because it's very intellectual today, <laughs> but it has a lot to do with Rastafarianism, Rastafarianism, sorry. Yeah. And that of course is, is the belief that uh, ganja or the dubs, as we say here, Bring you closer. Bring you closer to God. Yeah. And that, uh, I forgot his name. I don't want to get any Rastafarians mad at me. Um, Halassi. Sail, hail Selassie. Selassie uh, from Ethiopia was the second coming. And uh, they totally believe that. And so this reggae music almost, it really is. I'm not going to say almost. It is a... Um, combination with Rastafarianism because he almost I'm not I'm not a, a enough of um, a to know it of a history buff to know exactly if you can play reggae music if you're if you're not a Rastafarian but I do know that that's where the roots of it are and uh, interesting thing is Bob Marley recorded some solo songs in the early 60s and then he recorded a few songs with the whalers this is singing group not instruments just singing and then they'd have backup musicians and then in 1966 bob marley went to america for about half of 1966 he worked in a factory in michigan and when he came back in 1967 to jamaica he was then a full-bred rastafarian and preached it until the end of his life and that's when they took uh reggae music as their as their music in fact they almost invented it to be to be honest with you the whalers did with bob marley but the very first reggae song um and where reggae comes from as far as the word is concerned we're going to get to the word in a second i know it's preachy today but it's (laughs) you know that's what we're also here for sometimes it can be too preachy but we try and not just 
review a record, but give a little bit of knowledge because I, a lot of things I didn't know about, and a lot of this hasn't been explained to me either over the 40 or 50 years that I've been listening to music. I'll, uh, uh, I'll get back to being light and flippant next week. <laughs> <laughs> we still will be. Okay. Now, reggae is a musical term that first appeared in print with a 1968 rock steady hit, Do the Reggae. I think it's pronounced reggae by the Maytels. Toots and the Maytels. Toots Hebert, unfortunately, just passed away this last year or so. Uh, a band that, unfortunately, we won't be covering in these next three or four weeks. But we will sneak in on one of our shows that we don't have room for other well, stuff. Well, we don't have a, yeah. a few uh, random shows here. Great here. band. Very, very influential on the Rolling Stones. Keith, Keith Richards just loves Toots and the Maytels. Anyways, they had the first song called Do the Reggae. And that became the name of a genre. They decided, okay, let's make that uh, the name of this new music that's coming out. Now, there are so many people who say reggae means this, reggae means that. I'm only going to take from what Bob Marley says, because Bob Marley is the king. Bob Marley is the guy. If Bob Marley says to cross the street when there's a whole bunch of cars going back and forth, <laughs> I'll say, okay. You, you seem to know things I don't. <laughs> he claimed that the word reggae comes from a Spanish term for the king's music. Uh, music to the king. And I like that. I, I really like that version of what, of what reggae is. Um, to the music played to the king. Uh, it's almost like Bob Marley, you know. Music, music played by the king, almost, uh, when you think of it. But let's use that as, as what it was. So you had, you had in the late 70s, Bob Marley and the Wailers, Toots and the Maytels, a couple of other bands playing this reggae music. But in Jamaica, very poor country, you, didn't, you released kind of singles and 12 inches and dubs and stuff like that. There were no real albums with 12 songs being released, unfortunately. So it took until 1973, until Chris Blackwell from England of Island Records signed uh, Bob Marley. You did have Jimmy Cliff, though. Jimmy Cliff was releasing albums in 1970. Jimmy Cliff will be appearing on our show <laughs> <laughs> within the next week or two. Um, but this is when reggae really started, is when the king of reggae uh, got signed and, and made his first album, Catch a Fire which was Bob Marley and the Wailers. The Wailers being, by this time they had picked up uh, instruments, which is Bob Marley played guitar, was a very good guitarist. Peter Tosh was actually, as they say, the most talented of the musicians. He was the first one to pick up a guitar and, and to play it. And they say he was a very good uh, guitar player. And then there was uh, Bunny Wailer who played Bunny. drums. Mm. Bunny Livingston, is that was his name? Maybe I'm thinking of Bunny Livingston. I think I recall reading that as his name in the or book. Or the same. I got I'm to look that up now. I gotta check Damn that you, Rob. I we got to find out the third way. A lot there. of times I think, I, I think I'm really knowing what I'm doing, and then all of a sudden you beep bop. <laughs> <laughs> I read a book back when I was in college about um, um, Bob Marley and the Whalers. So that's, uh, that's one of the few... I'm going to, yeah, Bunny Whaler. I'm just going to look up Bunny Whaler here. Uh, I just want to say real quick, early in 1968, what they call the first bonafide reggae records were released. 
a song called Nanny Goat. I remember I wrote a song called Nanny Goat Didn't Do Shit. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Your Nanny Goat was actually about a nanny goat. <laughs> so the song Nanny Goat by Larry Marshall and No More Heartaches by the Beltones are considered the first reggae records in 1968. Anyways, the Whalers were a band that was started by Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, and Bunny Whaler. Now, Bunny right. Whaler, as I checked, is actually Bunny Livingston. And okay, that's what I remember from the He book. has changed his name a couple of times. His given name is Neville Livingston. Neville Livingston. Okay. But I know him as Bunny, as Bunny Whaler. My, oh, buddy, yeah. my buddy, Bunny Whaler. Unfortunately, again, it's like it's, we're, we're losing our reggae stars. Just on March 2nd, we lost uh, Bunny Whaler. And he was the last, of course, of the Whalers. Right, Peter Tosh, of course, was murdered. Peter Tosh was killed in his home during a robbery. Yes, he was. And, of course, we all know about Bob Marley dying of, of uh, toe cancer. And um, I forgot what we were talking about. Yeah, he uh, he was uh, he was also... like he. It, it's amazing because they all had... They were all part of the Whalers equally, the three of them. And then when they decided, you know... They, they, there was just a division there. There was just like, this is becoming all Bob Marley and we're becoming the backup musicians. We don't. So Peter Tosh went out on his own. Peter Tosh, a very volatile person to say the least, uh, which contributed to his... Eat uh, up your uh, fried chicken. Uh, <laughs> not licking. <laughs> exactly. And um, Bunny Whaler was also a strong person. So they, they all went with their solo careers, all three of them. You know, Bob Marley took the Whalers as a backup group. Peter Tosh has hid. Oh, yeah, we will hear from Peter Tosh in a week or two. <laughs> and Peter Tosh had his successful career. Bunny Weir kept on making records till the till he died just, just a couple of months ago. And um, like I said, then it became Bob Marley and the Wailers. And the, the sound wasn't as harsh. Uh, making their records in London and in England, there was a lot more of the Anglo- uh, the other influences, influences from, put uh, into yeah. the music. You can really hear it in the album that we're going to review today with Exodus. Uh, if you listen to really hardcore reggae music done in Jamaica, you can tell the difference between uh, a Barb Marley record and like uh, a record done, like I said, in Jamaica or almost by any other band. Um, just because, I don't know, Bob Marley was just... He was much more ex he was much more willing to put this in there or that in there uh, if it didn't dilute from the message. That was really what he cared about. So, you know, there are some people maybe in Jamaica. Maybe there's a lot of people who say, "Oh, Bob Marley, ever since he went to Britain and signed his record contract, was never it the wasn't same. real." Reggae. Yes, exactly. And you know, you're always going to get that about anybody that becomes famous and maybe makes a couple of concessions. But then again, look what he's done. Look what he's done for the Jamaican economy. Look what he's done for reggae music. Uh, to me, a dormant music in the first place as far as popularity is concerned. And he seems to be like the export of it. Um, so we're going to move from that, the topic of what reggae music is, because I don't want to do that in the next couple of weeks again. That's why I got that out <laughs> of the way. And we're going to move right into uh, the review of the album Exodus, released in 1977. Now, I told you, I don't have to go through all of the Bob Marley stuff in the background because I told you he came back for the United States 
came back into the whalers they, they became musicians instead of just vocalizers vocalizers vocalists and they became a real group uh then they got signed then they made a couple of extremely popular as far as the musicians were concerned anyways with catch a fire and and burning and natty dread that were uh catching on reggae music was almost an unknown term in any place outside of Jamaica. Any place outside <laughs> Jamaica, but very much the center of the of, of music, which was Britain and North America. It was reggae. I don't even know what that is. And then, you know, all of a sudden the musicians started playing it, the big time musicians, Clapton and uh, the Stones and, you know, even, you know, Paul McCartney putting in little things, little reggae things in here. And all of a sudden reggae was was starting to get get a word and people and of course all the critics were raving about these three albums but then the whalers split you know the two the two main members split and it didn't know oh, what's going to happen here then bob marley came and put a whole band together of exceptional musicians um and they became you know the background whalers, and then they did the live album now the live album we're gonna we're gonna review at the end of this the very end of this uh, the reggae run theme yes we're going to come back to Bob Marley because Bob Marley is the king and uh, I think Bob Marley does not deserve just one album to be reviewed he deserves so we're going to bookend it we're going to start with Bob Marley with Exodus and we're going to end it with Bob Marley with his live album and on his live album that's when reggae became a star and Bob Marley became a star and all of a sudden, it was not just what is that music. It was what is that music? I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Instead of people just questioning it, they were going, I want that music. And the live album, of course, became legendary. And then, and then Bob released the, the solo albums afterwards, starting with Rastaman Vibration and then Exodus. And those are the albums which uh, you really had to like uh, as far as reggae music, I think. Although it was, I hate to use the word watered down because they're not. Never use the word watered down when talking about Bob Marley. No, but they were not the type not of reggae. The traditional that he, reggae. They which, were not traditional reggae. He was incorporating. Reggae only started in '68. How much tradition do you have? Exactly. <laughs> if he would have played the rough, extremely rough reggae music that was coming out of it Jamaica, he wouldn't. I'm telling you, I don't care people. how good his songs were. People probably wouldn't listen. Or at least listen as much. Yeah. That's just a fact. And all those lyrics would be lost. And all his lyrics and his and his championing of the little causes of for the for the people that, that had no voice living in shanty towns in literally shacks, literally shacks with nothing in them. He was the voice of these people. And they would have no voice if it wasn't for him making some concessions. And they weren't bad concessions, they were just rock type of concessions you know have a little bit of guitar here where it leaves you know you got it playing a little bit you got let me just tell you before we go into the album that i want to talk about his players i want to talk about aston barrett his bass player is amazing yep. now bass is a central instrument in reggae. it may be the central instrument in reggae bass uh means holding it down but it also propels it forward it's a weird kind of uh, playing in that it's, it's on the off beat. It's not on the, the actual beat. And uh, the one thing I found out about uh, playing reggae music is uh, you can kind of be 
really um, uh, high on marijuana when you do it because um, if you um, um, miss the chord change, uh, you'll hear it and still be able to recover. Yeah. Which uh, differs from all other kinds of music. Trust me. Everybody <laughs> that was playing. It's, I remember watching the film. It can be a forgiving style. The Bob Marley and the Wailers live version, li the live video of the film I saw it years ago. And between every song, there's there everybody in the band, including Bob, is is smoking weed. I mean, it's uh, so, but it gives you that it gives you that freedom to be able to do that, but know that you can fuck up and just pick up. Where yeah, you are. yeah, it's not a frantic uh, gotta be right there. Exactly. Music. We're gonna talk about that in a minute because it's a very good point. Very good point. Uh, Carlton Barrett on drums also have to mention played with Bob until his death. Again, and just another amazing reggae musician. Um, I remember the Wailers continued touring afterwards. The Wailers did could continue touring afterwards. It wasn't just, you know, Bob died. They, they, they had a message to get across. Just want to say real quickly, Al Anderson on guitar, um, who took a, a, doesn't play on this album. He kind of took a two-year break between 67 and 76 and 77. But most of the time he played, he's, a, he's an exceptional guitarist. The thing about this album and reggae music in general if you notice, and there's a couple of things that I want to bring up that Rob has already touched upon. And one of them is that, yeah, it doesn't. First of all, you got to find a groove. Reggae music is not about the things that I love. And Rob knows the things that I love when I there's either write a song or play a song. That is, I like different timings yeah. and it's in a song. Whether it's from me or whether Rob writes a song, I just love when you know the timing changes in the song. The feel changes. The feel yeah, changes. Yeah, the yeah. feel. You know what? I can encapsulate what I'm saying by just saying that I like when the feel changes, whether it's the timing or dynamics. I don't like it to be too stagnant for too long. That's just the way I am. That's my yeah. bag, as they say. This music, regular music, along with a, a form of music I do not like. <laughs> which is jam music uh, by bands like Fish and the King of Jam Bands, the Grateful Dead, is that they get into a groove and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's not my bag. I'm sorry, it's not. They get into a groove and they'll play a song with the same groove for 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And that's why Grateful mm -hmm. Dead or jam music in general, like mm -hmm. the Fish, and reggae music is so popular with people who smoke is because it's great music to listen to in the background and you don't it's not music you have to concentrate on or it's not music that moves you up and down like the music i like where it goes dynamics and all of a sudden time changes and all no this occasionally something will come in that will grab your ear exactly a line or a, exactly a and it's funny how i cannot be like totally um gaga about reggae music but it's one of the best music forms to have in the background when you got friends over oh yeah yeah and the grateful dead you know jam music is also like that there's just something about it is there something about that type of music that is so conducive to drug taking and to having people over and having it in the background it just doesn't do anything for me when i'm have concentrated doing anything else <laughs> yeah i don't it just doesn't do anything for me as far i'm not saying anything but you know what i mean it doesn't yeah. do it doesn't do what the other music that i listen to does as for as yeah. for concentrated serious listening that's what i found with the jazz I yeah like that with the jazz and i understand that it i the jazz is 
I'm a little bit more of a fan of jazz than you are, but I completely understand what you're talking about. Because uh, if you can't like grasp onto it, yeah, just like just like with the, if you can't get to the meat of it, of the music because of the state you're in, then you're not going to. And that's kind of like me and a lot of jazz and me and jam music or reggae music. I can't get to the meat of it like other people can, just because I don't listen to music seriously high. Or it's background music. I listen to music seriously. Yeah, I just, I don't have enough of a, there's, I can really enjoy listening to it, but it's, it's here and it's gone. Right. That's exactly. I have no memory. I will not be whistling that song or singing any lines from it at work the next day because I have no memory. And I have the same no thing with jazz. I have the same thing, but I, mm-hmm. I, I can get the moment of it maybe a little bit more. Like the moment, yeah. instead of going like, oh, I can't remember it. I'm more of like, wow, that was such a powerful moment. And, and the stuff. reggae, uh, at least there's stuff there that I can, I can carry with reggae me. Reggae is more song-oriented, yes. yes. And uh, I totally agree with that. It, it also has these the lack of solos uh which is something i'm just pointing this out this is not this is not criticism this is just i'm just pointing out the the differences between north american music as we know it british music as we know it uh and the jamaican uh music is first it's very much the same tempo as we said yeah uh grooving on a jam and taking that to its extremes to get your point across that's what it is that's the music of caribbean music you don't knock it because it's not your music okay (laughs) so if you're not a fan of it like i'm not a huge fan of it i'm not knocking it because it's just not music that i was born with all right and uh i can still hear a good musician exactly you can still hear good musicianship (laughs) you can hear good songs except there's little things that that kind of don't put it over the edge for me and another thing, as I've just stated, and you stated, was um, kind of like there's a, a beat to it and everything, but there's not there's not anything intruding on the music with a solo. It's mostly the song starts with a little <laughs> the drums. Yes. It goes into its beat. The, the lyrics are sung, and then the song will eventually end. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of expressive soloing. The musicianship is involved in keeping the groove and in making the groove not dead, if you know what I mean. Not stagnant, which the Wailers do brilliantly. I've never been bored listening to this album at all because they play the same thing sometimes for six or seven minutes. Most of these songs are long. Some of them aren't. Most of these songs are long. And I'm never bored listening to this album because it, there is an art to making the same thing sound interesting for six minutes. Trust me, it's not easy. And it's definitely not easy in a Anglo-sized way of music as we have here. Reggae music is really conducive to that, fortunately, because or else it would be dull. But it's not. At least this isn't dull. I bet you there's a lot of reggae music where they have less accomplished musicians and less accomplished songs that are dull. But yeah. these are not. No, these don't qualify. <laughs> and of course, you good. heard, Rob, you heard the lack of soloing, the lack of anything. I did. The, the little bit of soloing I heard was very background. It was really yeah. cool, but it was in the background. It was in the background. Always, always mixed down low. 
And I found that just like Rob said, which I like, it is cool. It yeah. really is. <laughs> when I was listening to the one, reading the lyrics, I'd have to watch for when it said solo and then deliberately listen to that point. Uh, exactly. Because it'll sneak by you. And there'll be horns in there. Of course, they're not soloing. But yeah. I'm not saying it's the same thing all the time. What I'm saying is they keep the same groove and then occasionally you'll get a little burst from the, from the horn section or a little burst from the vocal, uh, from the I3s. And those make a difference too. You've got to be... Yes. You gotta be a major arranger to keep people interested for six or seven minutes. And that's what Bob Marley was. As much as you can be playing that same kind of riff or that same thing, there's little things you add to it, change it to keep it from being the exact same yes. thing over and over again. And that's what keeps the ear interested. And you hear that, Rob pointed out, you hear that a lot in the bass and the drums. The bass and the drums are the vital instruments in reggae yeah. music. And if you really listen to any record that you have by good musicians, as there are on this record uh, by Bob Marley Exodus, you will hear uh, the bass and the drums do various things to the song. Not drum solos or bass solos. No, but little, just little things to make things different. Little and to, eccentricities, little differences that uh, keep them from playing the exact same thing over and over again. And yeah, exactly. <coughs> the one, the one final <clears throat> thing I want to say before we're running out of time, as usual. But I, I think this is important to say. Reggae music, at least in, the, in, in what I have heard so far, and I was a little bit surprised by this because when I had the lyrics, I always think there's a lot of singing, there's a lot of words. Yeah. There's I, not. The, Sometimes I the size be, of the lyrics and there's yeah, a fair bit of repetition. And a fair there's bit a of lot of repetition, repetition where just enough was changed where it's a, it, it changes the You point. notice that too, eh? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's a lot of repetition of words, which... Is amazing because you don't notice it when you're listening to it. It's only <laughs> yeah. when you analyze it and you go, oh, Bob only sings a verse and a chorus over and over again. I didn't even know he did that. <laughs> and that is a is masterful all on its own. Or he may have only two verses but the same chorus. And you're going, you mean for six minutes he's been singing those two verses over and over again with the chorus? And I didn't even know... And I, yes, I had to see the lyrics. To I had of, to see the lyrics to, to find out there how wasn't as it was. much lyrics as I thought there was. I know it really, <laughs> it really stunned me. I was going like, "Wow, he does so much with so little." Wow, uh, I was, I was really blown away with that. And I was really blown away that in thirty-five plus years, I'd never noticed it. Because <laughs> there's really so much going on. There's the I three singing. There's uh, the kind of like the horns coming in. You th and Bob's chanting, sometimes yelling things. So you think there's so much going on. It's all really smoke and haze. Really, it's only just you know basic what contributes to that smoke and haze a lot. I I believe it's the uh, the thick Jamaican accent and the words that um, uh, you have to figure out what the what they mean uh, ahead of time, like. Uh, it's a bit like, uh, remember that scene in Airplane where uh, those two guys were speaking jive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I and I, what's the one song? Jamming. Jamming in the name of the Lord. The heathen, and uh, the, 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 uh, the actual pronunciation is the heathen, as in heathen yeah. riding with Eden. Yeah. And then uh, there's a few other uh, condensed words that uh, are of uh, Jamaican flavor. Oh, yeah. It's all through every song. And it, it, it actually... Uh, it, it, I don't understand what he's saying as quickly as I could. 
because of lack of familiarity with the uh, with the accent. Exactly. With the accent and even so. sometimes with the words. <laughs> yeah. Even sometimes with the words, it's like, I don't understand. Yeah, the first uh, probably year or two I was listening to, I was wearing uh, this jaw. That sounds like a person. Is it somebody knows? He keeps recurring <laughs> in these songs. <laughs> jaw, by the way, is God. <laughs> Just in case anyone's I did not know at the time. I yeah. did not know for a long time, as you bring this up, uh, jamming. I thought... For all these years, the jamming meant that they were jamming. Like, yeah, how jam? musical jamming. But it's not. Jamming is just getting together and having a good time. Uh, that's the reggae. That's the Jamaican way of saying, hey, let's get together and jam tonight. Let's get together and smoke some weed and have some fun. Party. I did not know that. Well, not party. I'm, I'm, yeah, we're having a party. Together. We're having a celebration. That's what jamming is. And I did not know that. It makes sense. Side two of this album is just, I mean, not knocking side one. There is two sides to this album. Of course. <laughs> but what I mean is, side one is Bob is political. He's has political songs. He has something to say politically. Side two is intentionally more love songs. Uh, Social Well, just more songs. love songs, lighter songs. Yes. yes. And it works brilliantly because you get the message he's saying on the first side. You really get it uh as far as you have even even though it's hard to understand what they're going through because it is so different in jamaica than in western especially like uh, the, 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 at the time like the times were oh, yeah. different then back then was very different it was a little uh there was upheaval going on in jamaica so you may not understand you just you do get kind of a feeling of course they're the underdogs so that gives you the feeling of yeah you know and, and you got exodus which is uh Freedom for the people, freedom yep. for the Rastafarians. The Rastafarians were considered really low on the totem pole for both Jamaicans and the government. They were arresting them all the time. They were just thought of as really nothing. And of course, that has been built up over the years because of Bob Marley and reggae musicians. But at the time, they were that's what he's talking about. He was talking, we will have freedom someday. We will have we will have an exodus of our people into a better land. Because we're treated so much like crap. And that's basically what the first side is about. And cops really uh, giving them a hard time all the time. Just because of what they are. Which are Rastafarians. Yes, and the fact that I think a smoking pot was still against the law. Yes, <laughs> it was. And very much very much against the rules. there. If you're not a Rastafarian, then it's very much against the rules of uh, the government. Because it's uh, government, I don't know what... what religion the government was i i don't know enough about jamaica but i know yeah. it wasn't i know it wasn't the rastafarian says this brings us closer to god and then um, uh, and they're saying the, no the culture and, saying uh, no uh, you're not allowed to do that uh, and don't give us that bullshit excuse about it brings you closer <laughs> to god yeah and then the second side which almost i think everybody's heard almost every song on this because it's on almost this whole second side is on the album legend but uh, and now these songs get played all the time. Sorry for the loudness, but yes, <laughs> look at but the amount of plays get, on Spotify. Oh, on these the, songs uh, get played in cars. They get played in malls. They get played <laughs> everywhere. I've actually uh, played a number of these songs uh, years before hearing them, like Jammin, and I think someone brought in Three Birds and no, uh, Three Little Birds is such a great song. Let me tell you, in all the years, I'd like to say that uh, some of those jams sounded uh, close to what he was doing, but no, never at any time did we even come close to no. what Bob Marley sounded like. Hey, Ever. In, in our <laughs> band, we did. We only did joke improximation. 
joke imitations of reggae music because we can't get close to this. Yeah, at the time as well, uh, we didn't uh, really know how to play exactly. reggae music. Exactly. There is, the a, there is an art to playing it. There is a, a mechanical way of playing it? this music that we just, I personally don't know about. I will not write a reggae song because I am too dumb to write a reggae song that is a proper reggae song. So when you play these songs, they're not going to sound like Bob no. Marley. I'm sorry. Not even Jamaican artists, most of them can sound like Bob I wish, Marley. I wish we'd gotten to the level of sounding as good as the Grateful Dead, but no, never did. Exactly. <laughs> never did. Everybody we has <laughs> Everybody has their, their thing that they're good at. And if this is not your expertise, yeah. you're not going to come close. And, and even people who have the expertise, who come from Jamaica, can't get close to a legend like Bob Marley yeah. and his legendary whalers. You got me thinking, how did these guys play this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you almost have to be steeped in, the, in, in Rastafarianism. You almost have to be steeped in, in how they were brought up in Jamaica. You really have to have that. Just like they had amazing trouble playing any sort of North American rock music, uh, yeah, we have trouble playing authentic mm-hmm. Jamaican mm-hmm. reggae music. And that's why the cultures are so different. That's why the music is so different. No, if you spend all your time uh, doing a particular style, you get good at it, and you can play it inside out without thinking. It just becomes a natural part of your musical language. But uh, you get a style you don't play at all, ever. And uh, you're you might play it the first time and uh, get good at it, but I'd bet a whole lot of money against it. Let's just say you might have <laughs> fun playing it, but it might not be fun to listen to. to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I just want to mention really quickly uh, some songs that well jamming just to great. <laughs> I mean, I got nothing to say about because it it's just I, speechless, like waiting in vain. This is one of the first songs I ever heard that really got to me just because of the way he sang it. Again, there's there's not too much deviation with going into a bridge or anything like that in reggae music, but he kind of does on Three Little Birds and Waiting in Vain. And But Waiting in Vain, I don't want to wait in vain for your love. And just the way he sings it, it's just like, oh God. Um, Three Little Birds, like I said, is one of his best songs. And of course, everybody knows One Love. Uh, I think that song, which was... Not unknown when he died. I'm not going to say that. But I'm telling you, it's almost an anthem throughout the world now, like Imagine. Yeah. And everybody, almost everywhere, knows how to sing One Love. And uh, it's just... it's It, 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 it encapsulates, encapsulates almost as much as Redemption Song, Bob Marley's view. One love, one people, let's get together. Yeah. Be all right. <laughs> you know? And this an guy was... This guy... Uh, let me just say, Bob Marley was no saint. <laughs> Bob Marley, I'm not gonna dis, I'm not gonna throw out anything on here because I love Bob Marley. I do as a person. I just love Bob Marley. But if anybody out there thinks that because of his songs, Bob Marley is a saint, he he was not. He he had a temper. He had girlfriends, <laughs> other than Rita, his wife. Uh, but that's everybody. I'm not saying everybody has girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody is not perfect. He's a human he is being. He's not a paragon of virtue. He is not a saint, <laughs> like like people said. But you know what? He's just he's one of the people that in all of music, yeah. in all of music, is one of the closest people to a saint that I can come he across. He definitely got his ideas across through his yeah. music. I mean, 
Uh, and when you when your ideas have to do with bringing people together and spreading love and togetherness and making this a heaven on earth, well, that's pretty fine with me. That's yes. <laughs> not, not all the songs I write are like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so not gonna get. I'm personally. I, I gotta give Rob some time. We're over time, but I gotta give Rob a few minutes here. I'm just gonna say. Yeah, there's 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 just some things that that listening to it for forty minutes, it just it's a little bit too much for my for my ethnic ears, <laughs> my North American type of upbringing to kind of I, my friends always used to kid me that I was the one guy that just could. I would tell them, hey, I don't get it, I don't understand it, don't really don't really like it over a long period of time, but I love it when you guys play it in the car. <laughs> And uh, I give it four stars. I know that many people think that this is one of the best records, not only of the 70s, but of all time. I can't remember who said it was the greatest record. One of those guys. Of the 20th century. I can't remember who said that. Um, that? Rolling Stone called it the 169th greatest record of all time. Somebody named it. I'm trying to find it. Time Magazine named Exodus the best album of the 20th century. I'm not of that ilk. I'm sorry. I just think it's a really excellent album that that uh, has a couple of faults to it, but they're faults mainly of not. Uh, they're just faults of my Western ears, not really a, a things that, 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 that don't appeal to you as much as right exactly. Ears, yeah. So I give it a good strong four stars. I was giving it a uh, the four. I want to give it more, but uh, you know, I the only other album I'm familiar with is um, um, uh, seventy eight one survival. Yes, yes, I absolutely love seventy nine one. See, record. I know that much. I know all the years of his album seventy nine survival. Okay, yeah, that was start to finish. I absolutely love that album, and I tell you that one grabbed my ears a little bit more just because uh, lyrically, he had a little bit more in there to say. This one, I, I was listening to the lyrics, and there was stuff that was grabbing me. But then when I uh, actually read the lyrics, I realized, okay, wait a second. It's just, I did hear all the lines in this that uh, were supposed to grab me, because that's all there were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there weren't, there weren't much. <laughs> but musically, I really enjoy this one. Uh, lyrically, I enjoy it, but I like I say, I enjoy the, the survival more. So I'm giving this one a four as well. Can I ask you a question? Did this have a more of a, because um, it did for me, did it have more of a, uh, let's say, of a, an influence of the North American rock or the British rock than you would have thought a, a, a hardcore artist like Bob Marley would have? Because I know I did. I, I, I there were touches honestly in honestly didn't hear a whole lot that I identified as uh, as Western. Like I'm not familiar with the the hardcore reggae no, at I all. I agree. I agree. Uh, but I didn't hear too much at all here that I would identify with any artists I've heard. I have heard it. I have heard. I think two albums of two albums of of songs that were compiled. Um, just before he signed with Island Records in 1973, and they're pretty, they're pretty rough. You know <laughs> okay. what I mean? I mean they're they're rough sounding, plus they're they're rough, like they're 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 very rootsy. And uh, this is much more palatable in a, in all senses. Okay. Not only not only in getting the message across, but in being palatable to people. It might not be for Jamaican people because we don't live in Jamaica. But I'm no. just saying for North American ears. This really resonates, but I was just curious about what you thought about that. 
Uh, and you didn't yeah. really, you didn't really notice because you're just not familiar with with the hardcore from Jamaica type music. Yeah, I think I did pretty much said everything I had to say on this one uh, by interjecting uh, when you were talking. So that's I enjoyed this album. I liked listening to it. I enjoyed it too. I liked it. You know what? We, we got pretty much the same thing. We enjoyed it. We liked listening to it. Didn't blow our minds like it has. Like this album seems to do for a lot of people that yep. are into reggae music. <clears throat> but we thoroughly enjoyed it, and we thoroughly recommend it. Well, like I said, I got to hear a few more here because uh, this. And is we the, will. Only the second <laughs> second one I've heard. And uh, we will hear. We will hear reggae music for the next three weeks after this. Right. So that's all for today's show. Uh, next week we will have another reggae artist, or as Rob says, Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> I can do Reggie. <laughs> I can do punk. We will also show you next week the art of smoking real good ganja. Yes, yes. <laughs> We're going to spin up a big one, like put a couple of papers together. And it'd be, that's a good spliff, man. And uh, <laughs> I'll be like, you know, I just need one hoot. That's uh, more than that, and I can't function. <laughs> so I trust, trust me, if you had one of those spliffs from Jamaica, you wouldn't be able to do the show. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't be going to the store with Lou. <laughs> so until then, everybody take care and stay safe. Just right or wrong.